Today on a special crossover episode here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I ask how far away from contention with just the Arizona Diamondbacks are the Colorado Rockies. You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rockies fans and Diamondbacks fans, we are your host for a very special episode of Locked On Rockies and Locked On Diamondbacks. Millard, I was actually thinking about this. Is it uh, is it if is it still Diamondbacks or is it officially D-backs? It's still Diamondbacks is like the official name, but everyone just calls us the D-backs. A lot shorter, right? Yeah, I mean, because it, it's a little bit. I, I was just wondering because you know, there's people that do the uh, the the graphic. The, there was like that DNVR. They like shorten their name, and I was just wondering, is like, are we just eliminating letters as much and as frequently as possible as we can with things? Because I, I, I don't know, just random thing I was thinking about. I wish we did because my friends make fun of me all the time because they always say when I say the name fast, I always just say like Dimebacks. Like I just say <laughs> I don't say Diamond. I'm just like Dimebacks. Here they are. Welcome to Lockdown Dimebacks Podcast. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Uh, but we are uh, bringing you a special crossover episode here to uh, talk about uh, what was uh, at once considered rivals, but I think we can kind of mm. put that one to bed here. I don't know if the Rockies have maybe the Padres because they continue. They, they, it, it, the Rockies weren't competitive with anyone in the NL West in 2023, but in years past, the Rockies have, have pestered the Padres. So, so maybe that. But I'm curious, and I wanted to talk to Miller because we haven't talked since the, the D-backs went on this run. And, and yeah. folks, if you actually remember, Miller, we did an episode where you still had faith in your boys. And it was about, uh, I, I want to say there was like four weeks left in the season. You didn't okay. give up on the, on these, on these D backs. We're going to dive into, uh, all that, uh, and, and more coming up here on today's episode of, uh, both locked on Rockies and, and locked on D backs. So let's, let's just, let's dive in right there. Millard. I mean, why were you confident in your team then? And what did this team show you as, yeah, obviously the end result isn't what you want, but as a D-backs fan, you're sitting there loving how last season went. Yeah, I think I was still feeling good that the D-backs still had a chance to make the postseason because at the time we probably talked last was probably second half. It was probably like late August, early September, where the D-backs had just went through that long slump, but they were coming out on the other side, starting to get a little bit hot as they enter the postseason. And so I was like, you know what? We saw this D-backs team first half of the season tied the Dodgers for the NL West division lead. Second half was definitely up and down, but I was like, this team still is good enough to make the postseason from what we saw throughout the whole regular season. But now, did I expect this team was going to hit the postseason and then <laughs> become one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball, sweep the Brewers at home, sweep the Dodgers in L.A., go to Philadelphia, game six, game seven, rip their hearts out? Yes, you came up short a little bit to Texas in the World Series, but still, this is still going to be a season where I look back on like, yeah, that season was a success. Maybe it didn't end up with the penultimate championship photo, Corbin Carroll holding the World Series trophy. Maybe it didn't end up like that, but for a season where we entered the year just having aspirations of playing meaningful baseball in September, not even playoff baseball, just being within a couple of games, the wild card in the last few weeks. That's all we wanted as D-backs fans entering the year, just be in the mix toward the end of the season. D-backs were, and then they made the postseason and went all the way to the World Series. 2023 was a success no matter how it finished. And so, I mean, and, and yeah, I, I liked how you phrased that too, because 
it's it's a it's a moment where it's this is why the new playoff format works. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? It gave Arizona a chance and no one had them doing what they were doing, but you know what? They were able to do so and yes, more games, more games, but I'm sorry, like LA seen Arizona, you know, yeah. like I, I, there was no reason for them not to come into that series knowing their opponent and being ready to go. I just thought there were a lot of weak takes about uh, and trying to, to to negate Arizona's right to be there. Yeah, because everyone was like, oh, because we saw with the Braves, too. When you saw those, the Braves and the Dodgers go down, it was like maybe the rest and the buys are good for all these bad teams. But it's like. If you just played a 162 grind of a marathon season, and you get to tell those teams, guess what? You get to rest up your starters entering the postseason. They get an extra few days off. Like, who wouldn't take that as a team entering the postseason where you get to say, all your guys get to rest up and be healthy for the biggest matchups going forward? Like, I think any team in Major League Baseball would take that. So I don't want to hear anything about the buys or teams being rusty. Like, maybe the Dodgers and Braves just weren't ready. And then, of course, I think it did help that the D-backs had a little momentum from the Brewers. Like, I won't discredit that it helps that the D-backs were playing games earlier. But I don't want to hear, oh, those teams are rusty. Maybe they should be playing earlier. Maybe we shouldn't do buys. Because I think every team would be grateful with having a first-round buy and getting your rotation set in the way you want and getting all your starters and your bullpen guys healthy. So I don't want to hear nothing about buys. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, of course, you know, the Rocky, us Rockies fans can sit there and say, well, we were on ice forever in 2007. And, but that was longer and a different story. I mean, you nailed it. If you're the Braves and the Dodgers and you can, and you talk this talk and we, and, 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 and I, and I, and I have self-admitted multiple times, like some of my biggest episodes this year were when the Braves played the Rockies and I was admitting just how much of a different level they were on than the Rockies, but the big lights were shining and Arizona was the one that was standing at the end of it. And that says something. I mean, how confident are you in this Arizona team? And when, what does this team need to do this off season to, to make you think that they can replicate 2023 in the sense of they will be successful. Maybe it doesn't always have, it doesn't have to be World Series champion, but a contending team that can go toe to toe with the best of them. Yeah, and there's a couple of big things, right? We got the winter meeting starting this week, so we're all going to be locked in on the hot stove. And for the D-backs, the number one thing is definitely getting one more starter in that rotation. It doesn't have to be you know, an elite level Dylan Cease or Yamamoto, even though that would be very grateful and we would all take that. The D-back just needs someone that could be your number two, number three, someone that's like a Jordan Montgomery or Eduardo Rodriguez, someone who's really good tier two pitcher that could be good in the postseason, eat a lot of innings for you in the regular season. And just when you get to the postseason, you don't have to do the damn bullpen day in game number four. You can now put Brandon Fott as your number four starter, who is really good for the D-backs' this past postseason. No more trying to start Joe Mandiply and string together eight, nine relievers because – you're just on the the seat of your chair so much, like on the edge of your seat with just anxiety watching reliever after reliever go out there and just pray that they don't give up a long ball or pray that it doesn't turn into a disaster, especially when you're going against a team like the Philadelphia Phillies. So I think getting a starter is number one for this D-backs. Then they also need like another left fielder because Lords Gurriel and Tommy Pham both are currently free agents. So they would probably like to add another left fielder to fill that need. 
and maybe one more right-handed bat to either be a DH or just someone else to help platoon um, at one of the defensive positions. So I think D-backs definitely need one more start in that rotation, definitely need another outfielder, and I would love to add another bat, maybe even if it's someone like J.D. Martinez, who only slugs, don't even play defense, but that dude is a monster at the plate, and I wouldn't mind 162 games of him just DHing every day. Are you confident that the organization is going to make these moves? Do you do you believe in them being aggressive? And, and I mean, that's a lot. It, there's a lot of moves, but like you said, you can probably handle a lot of those in some cost-efficient ways. Maybe you make a, a low-level trade or something like that yeah. where you flip a, a prospect that isn't panning out. There, there's ways to handle that without having to go out and just spend, spend, spend and, and compete with some of these other teams. And kind of an interesting free agent market to, as well. Do you, do you believe the Diamondbacks are, are are going to 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 meet these needs? Uh, you know, they better hope so, because that's what they've been talking about the last few months. Right. Mike Hazen at the deadlines like, yeah, I know we had weaknesses and the weaknesses are going to be solved in the offseason. And the D-backs owner has been talking, oh, we got so much extra money from this deep postseason run. It's all going back into the team. So everything that we've heard from the front office and the ownership group is the D-backs are going to be committed to spending some level of money this offseason. Now is enough money to go out there and acquire Juan Soto and then give him a $400 million extension or give Shohei Ohtani $500 million? Probably not. But even if you just left this offseason and you signed, you re-signed Lord Goriel to your left field, you signed like a J.D. Martinez or a Justin Turner to your DH, and then you did get like Eduardo Rodriguez to be your starter, like those are all really good players that would help this D-backs team that won't break the bank. Those aren't like tier one superstars that are demanding 30 to 40 million a year, but you're probably going to have to spend a little bit of money on some guys this offseason. So I want to see this D-backs front office walk the walk. They've been talking a lot the last few months about how they're pot committed to improving this team this offseason and getting back to another deep postseason run next year. So I think the D-backs could do that without breaking the bank but they definitely have to spend some money on this team. And they've been talking about doing that for the last few months. So let's see if they can actually get it done now. Yeah. And uh, the Rockies, a similar situation here when it's coming to walk the walk. I mean, there's going to be a lot of players that kind of have to do that for the Rockies. And in the first comments from Bill Schmidt, it's not going to be necessarily a very exciting off season for oh. the Rockies. I don't think they got oh. a lot of things to fill. Ain't going to be that great of a season because uh, in terms of, big names coming in because we have a lot of players that we need to see more of and Millard I think the rookie of the year race was closer than people think and uh, okay. we're going to talk about that and uh, about the, how big the gap is between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks coming up here in segment number two but before we do that got to tell you about some of the folks that help make this show possible and that includes Jace Medical uh, sports, it's the escape of uh, the crazy realities of life that we need, but sometimes you got to prepare for tough situations, and it's always good to prepare ahead. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by another supply shortage, you are covered by Jace Medical. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, you can get antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. Yes, that's right, a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra, Jace Medical. Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinitis, skin infections, among others. 
This is stuff that can happen to any of us. Yes, it can happen to any of us. Even if you don't, if you think you're immune, you never know what can happen. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's offer code locked on for $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. All right, Miller Thomas, Paul Holden here, locked on crossover between the locked on Rockies and locked on Diamondbacks. And uh, Miller, you rose an eyebrow at me when I said mm-hmm. this uh, this mm-hmm. statement, which I think to D-backs fans might be a shock, but I said yeah. I think the rookie of the year race should have been a little bit closer. And in fact, that Nolan Jones uh, is a comparable player to Corbin Carroll. And, and we actually, again, two things of philosophy from us miller thomas uh, here in from 2023 you believing in your diamondbacks and their ability to make a run and we also did another episode about the potential future faces of baseball and there's no argument to be made at least for the rockies the most exciting guy to watch on the rockies right now in 2023 is nolan jones i know that's not face of baseball it's not rookie of the year but i just want to run you through this stat line real quick uh millard and, and i want you to tell me what you think here for nolan jones 367 at bats nolan jones had 20 home runs he batted 297 with 62 rbi he stole 20 bases and his obp was 389 slugging 542 with an ops of 931 it's a pretty darn good line for a name that flew largely under the radar this year because of the team he played for uh, Paul, I'm not going to lie to you. Until just now, I did not realize. I thought Tovar was the man you're talking about. Uh, I will put some respect on Nolan Jones' name after looking at the stats because that baseball reference pulled up. Um, Corbin Carroll still clears, but I'll give you that. He might be runner-up to Corbin Carroll in this Rookie of the Year voting because I did not realize he had himself a fantastic year like this, honestly. The, the stat line is pretty insane for Nolan Jones. Finished fourth in Rookie of the Year voting. So, yeah, I'll give it to you, Paul. You got yourself something uh, in the making, maybe another star in the making in Nolan Jones. So that is something exciting uh, yeah. to build around if you're a Rockets fan. It is, and I mean, and mixed with the fact that the Rockies did find there's like there's a lot of names that people are going to learn in Diamondbacks uh, fandom next year. Maybe you saw them in glimpses, but without seeing, you know, I, I was kind of refreshed by not seeing the NL West a million times throughout this year. Yeah, I I really great. enjoyed seeing uh, more teams instead. As much as I loved great uh, ample opportunities to talk to you, Millard, it was just kind of. Wow, the Diamondbacks again, huh? It's just it seems like we only play that the NL West, and but there's a lot of names that are gonna that are gonna uh, really kind of I hope announce themselves to the league next year as the Rockies take some steps forward. This is a team that I think is still going to finish fifth in the NL West because I, I think the gap and the divide is still pretty big between the Rockies and the rest of the NL West, and and I'm just wondering, Millard, what do the Diamondbacks or what have the Diamondbacks done? last year and 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 like you mentioned hopefully going forward that separated these two teams because it wasn't too long ago that the diamondbacks were in the situation that the rockies were in but it seems like the d-backs have been able to shorten those tough windows and get themselves back into the mix more often uh, uh, more quickly than the rockies can 
Yeah, I just want to say I, I'm officially part of the Nolan Jones fan club now. I'm just looking <laughs> at his splits on baseball reference. The man still had a 900 OPS on the road, yep. same amount of home runs on the road, and he absolutely crushed with runners in scoring position. You got yourself a fan right here, Nolan Jones. I might be adding him to my little draft pool next year when I play fantasy baseball once again. Um, but what have the D-backs done uh, to, to separate themselves from the Rockies? It is an interesting question because I think – it, it might have been within a year of each other that both of our teams traded Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Like, it might have only been a few months uh, apart. And honestly, I think the D-backs have kind of lucked into a little bit of where they are right now. Like, a guy like Christian Walker, which is kind of floating around Major League Baseball, backing up Chris Davis for years in Baltimore. D-backs elevate him. They start playing him every day. He turns into arguably the best defensive first baseman in baseball who can also drive in 40 home runs. Keto Marte has turned into arguably a top three second baseman in baseball. You had Corbin Carroll. Actually, when you actually have a prospect come up through the system, be tantalizing, be a can't-miss guy, and then they immediately deliver on that. Like That's huge for what this lineup was able to do. Mike Hazen made a very savvy move getting Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Goriel for Dalton Varsho. And then Zach Gallon was acquired for Jazz Chisholm straight up. You typically don't see one-for-one -one trades in Major League Baseball, but that was one where those two teams had top prospects that they felt like were dealing from positions of strength. And so the D-backs straight away, Jazz Chisholm, they acquired Zach Gallon. I think both teams are healthy, or I, both teams are happy from that situation. Merrill Kelly, he's coming over from the KBO League. He spent most of his career there. No one really knew who, who he was. He was like 29 as a rookie. Comes over to the D-backs the last couple of years has turned to one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball. So I think they just had this confluence of some good trades by Mike Hayes and some good scouting. But I also think they've kind of fell into some luck with the Christian Walkers and some of the other moves that they've made, the Merrill Kellys turning into real like star pitchers. Like, I don't know if it's something that's even replicable. I think there's a lot of luck when you look at baseball because so many of these guys spend years in minor leagues and then some team develops them, then they turn out to be a star or you sign someone to, in the international market like a Merrill Kelly who don't expect to be great. So I think it's a lot of luck, but I do want to give the D-backs credit, their front office credit for making these moves. And now they have this really young core that you can build around and that they hope fully supplement and complement with talent this offseason. So for the Colorado Rockies, I mean, you now have Nolan Jones. You got a guy like Tovar that we like, McMahon's there. So I think for the Rockies, like, I think what you can do is just hopefully keep building around the guys that you do like. Start cutting the dead weight because that's something that the D-backs did this past season with cutting the Madison Bumgarners and the Nick Ahmeds. They cut players who weren't performing, and maybe that's the next level for the Colorado Rockies. It still feels like they're probably in rebuild mode, but identify who you want to build the team around and then start cutting the dead weight around them. I think it'd be yeah, nice. and the Rockies made a great first start of that with the trade deadline last year. They actually, for the first point, trade veterans on expiring contracts. For some reason, the Angels were really interested in these Rockies yeah. players, and so they were able to to trade. I don't know why the Angels went and saw the Rockies and said, "Those, that's the team that's going to help us uh, get this team to the postseason." But hey, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll take it. But I think you nailed on the head. I think the luck is something you can't mm -hmm. ignore. You don't want to lean on it, but it is. I mean. There's so much that has to go right for a prospect and players and everything to work mixed in with the fact that this is uh, this is there was a moment where that team was really scuffling, but it showed that they had the right pieces and the confidence in the right guys to help get them 
into a deep playoff run. And, and, and it'll be really interesting to see how the Rockies handle some of these other veteran guys going to the trade deadline, especially with some of the guys they have. They're going to be hamstringed by that uh, Chris Bryant contract. He ain't going anywhere. And, and you, you never know what he's going to actually uh, end up doing. So it, 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 I think the Rockies are going to be better next year but but it ain't gonna be my much because the pitching staff still leaves much to be desired and, and so I, I i'm just curious millard if is there enough with this d-backs team to say that they can take down the dodgers in the nl west or does it really matter winning the division as we saw yet again the dodgers falling falling flat We'll keep the division to the Dodgers. They can keep taking home NOS crowns. We'll keep taking pennants because I'll much rather be the Philadelphia Phillies squeak into the postseason the last couple of years and then just be one of the most dangerous teams when we get to the playoffs. I think that's what we're going to start seeing Major League Baseball teams do. Yes, it's great to win 102 games in the regular season, but if you flame out in the wild card to divisional round, what does it really matter? That's what we saw with Baltimore and Tampa Bay and the Braves and the Dodgers and all these 100-win teams. The scariest teams in the postseason were the Rangers and the D-backs and the Phillies. And the Phillies and Rangers were two teams that spent a lot of money, but they also had these scary dudes in the middle of the lineup with the Seegers and the Simeons and the Garcias. And then, of course, on the Phillies, you got the Schwarbers and the Bryce Harpers. And I think right now you need dudes who come up and come through for you in the postseason especially dudes with major power that could change the game in one swing of the bat the dodgers did have dudes like that so did the braves but they were not as hot as both the rangers and phillies um when once we got to the postseason time so i don't even know what the original question was i don't even know where i'm going with that tangent but uh I don't even know. What was the original question again, Paul? No, no, I, I, you, you nailed it. You, that's that's what we were it. looking for. It was uh, it, you, keep the division to the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, you yeah. Know, keep you don't need it. We want I got the train went off the track there for a second. But yeah, we don't want divisions. We want pennants around here. I like I, I like that mindset. I, I really do. I mean, at, at this, it, it, it's just what you kind of it's just kind of the state of the game. Like I, I'm just with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, especially it's a tough division. It's it's one of the consistently one of the hardest divisions to win in baseball, whether because even when the Dodgers are an off year, the Giants are good. The Padres are always around. The Diamondbacks are good, you know, and, and but at some points, randomly, the Rockies have been. It's not like these central divisions or other divisions where you can kind of afford this. So the Diamondbacks have to fight all season long. And I think that's what helps them when they get to be mm -hmm. in the wild card spot they, because they've been going up against teams that are you know good teams like the uh, like the Dodgers and stuff all season long but you know I I just don't want to see the Dodgers they can't they break the streak you know someone else has got to win here but regardless there was a move I want to ask you about Miller that the okay. uh, the D-backs made and, and to see what you thought and see if that's going to add some thump into the lineup and kind of okay. your, your thoughts on that philosophy of hitter and uh, just to ask the question if the Rockies and Diamondbacks are still rivals we're going to do that coming up here in segment number three this is the Locked On Rockies and Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. You can find us on your favorite streaming services, and you can find us on the Locked On Rockies and Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube channels, where your subscription, your comments, your liking of videos is one of the easiest ways to help the show grow. And if you like YouTube, well, I got great news for you because... 
you like 24-7 sports coverage, Locked On's got you covered with the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports streaming channel. Millard's going to be on there when he does his usual crossovers with Sully. I don't know. You guys were doing them all the time there during the season, but I, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys are still doing those, but it seemed like all the time it was uh, there leading up to the season. Yeah, for a while there we were, but I don't think those are happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing a crossover here today, and uh, we're, we're Millard, I want the D-backs the kicked off the offseason a little bit. They were mm-hmm. one of the teams to make. I mean, th- it wasn't a – nothing move i mean getting gino from from the mariners being in mariners country i can tell you that the trades and moves the mariners have been making are uh, raising a lot of question marks and i'm curious uh your thoughts on on the moves there with uh with the mariners hey you could honestly say because the offseason's been so slow it's been arguably the biggest move or transaction we've seen so far this offseason because either sunny gray going to the cardinals or it's the eugenio suarez move because for some reason baseball likes to start the offseason like two months into free agency i don't know why basketball's like three days we're done baseball's like now nah, we're gonna really drag this thing out and i think it's eugenio so annoying was- too i it's like shohei just sign please I know, and all the reports are already saying Yamamoto and Otani are not signing this week. Juan Soto not getting traded this week. So it's like, what's the point of the winter meetings if nothing's going to happen? I don't know. But for the D-backs, acquiring Eugenio Suarez, huge addition to this team because third base was a black hole for the D-backs last year. Evan Longoria, age 38, not a surprise, looked old for the D-backs. Started off kind of good, really fell off second half, and in the postseason did not do anything offensively. Manuel Rivera, ah, he's fine, he's an average major leaguer, but the D-backs definitely needed some thump, and that's what they got from Eugenio Suarez. Coming off a little bit of a down season in Seattle, but this is a guy back in 2019, saw with 49 home runs prior to seasons before last year, back-to-back 30-plus home run seasons. Yes, he strikes out a whole lot. I think he's led the AL in strikeouts or just the league in strikeouts three of the last four years, but that's okay. If he comes to the D-backs, drives in, 85 plus RBIs, hits 25 to 35 home runs. Like that's all they really need. The third base was a nothing position for them last year. Suarez above average defensively, a big thumper. Yes, he might strike out, but if he could change a couple ball games with one swing of the bat, I think that's all the D-backs need. Well, you answered my follow-up question. I was going to say, are you worried about the strikeouts? But yeah. clearly, not worried about the strikeouts. Is, I uh, mean, listen, they're concerned, no doubt, because yeah, the man course. likes to feast on them. But if he hits 40 home runs, I'll take the case with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you, you definitely uh, – that's the the trade-off. The, the Rockies have a lot of high strikeout guys, but don't produce – that uh, level of numbers where you can sit there and say, all right, we'll let that slide. And, and, and so that's like, again, big moments for a lot of prove it year uh, for, for, uh, for the Rockies offense, especially from guys like Ryan McMahon and Brendan Rogers trying to stay healthy, see what Chris Bryant can do when it comes to health. Uh, Miller, we got time for one last question here. And I, I just okay. want to, and I feel like we kind of talked about this a lot, but I, I think it's always a good question to ask. Do you see the Rockies in the D backs as rivals still? It's a good question, Paul. I mean, I love the Colorado Rockies fan base. Don't get me wrong. But as it currently stands, I probably wouldn't say that they're rivals. And it's not even because the Rockies aren't good. It's probably just because I have more vitriol toward 
the other teams in the division. I feel like the Rockies are kind of on our side where a lot of times it's our two teams looking up at the rest of the teams in the division. So we've just kind of banded together and built this like trauma bond watching the other team, the division, you know, between the Giants and Dodgers winning World Series or the Padres recent run of getting all these MLB stars. I felt like we've trauma bonded a little bit over the last few years. So for the Rockies, the only reason I wouldn't consider them a rival is because for so long I felt like we were on the same level. So I actually don't have that much hatred in my heart toward the Rockies. I have a lot of sympathy. So I actually want the Rockies to get good again because I would much rather see the D-backs and Rockies fighting for the NOS lead than the D-backs or any other team in that division. Well, you know what? I'll respect that, too. I think the Rockies really just got to prove themselves to the league and all of baseball. I think they have a really tough uh, identity that they need to shrug. And, and it starts by, you know, if you can beat the t- teams, if you can go into next year and you beat teams like the Diamondbacks, you will start raising eyebrows. He's Miller Thomas. Miller, where can they go to make sure they're staying up to date with all things you and everything that you do, my man? Yeah, can I actually get a quick question from you before we go? Yeah, of course, of course. I I actually want to know what the Rockies are going to do this offseason. And it's like, are they going to, you think they're going to keep trading away these veteran players? Like, are they going to keep a guy like Chris Bryant? Are they going to maybe keep him just to the trade deadline so he could like build up his value and then get rid of him? Like, what do you think the Rockies plan is? I want to talk about a little bit about your team for like two minutes before we go. The the Rockies probably won't do anything that's that exciting, but they will. They need to plug the hole. The, the starting rotation is decimated, losing mm-hmm. Herman Marquez and Antonio Senzatella. Uh, every the Rockies did not finish the season with one of these pitchers that started the season in their starting rotation on the active roster because of injuries and things of that nature. They were on the IL Uh, Kyle Freeland and Austin Gomber will be back, but you kind of know what you're going to get from them. Both of those players need to avoid the home run And, and the Rockies coaching staff needs to show that they can take this team and get the most and more out of them. And, and that's my biggest question is I think the Rockies have a lot of decent players, but I'm just not sure that they're getting everything from this staff. This team has a massive log jam at right field and first base. They brought back Charlie Blackman. Chris uh, Chris Bryant just uh, from the winter meetings today confirmed that he is going to be the first baseman for the Rockies in a, in a hope to help keep them healthy. But that blocks Montero, who was uh, the big name, one of the big names coming in the Nolan Arenado trade. It also blocks one of your biggest prospects in Michael Tolia. So this team has to figure out what they're going to do there. And as for trading veteran players, I don't think they do it now. But I think this team can certainly be sellers at the deadline when the, with the likes of Elias Diaz, uh, who's a catcher that play, it plays a yeah, great defense and certainly can provide offense for a team. The Rockies have catching prospects in the wing. They just need more time. Uh, so the Rockies right now, this offseason, and, and what they said today, they're looking for backup catching. They're looking to build out the bench for Bud Black, and they're looking uh, to, to add some pitchers. And the power bats low on the uh, priority, which is kind of a bummer for me to hear, but I, I want to see this team take a step forward on offense with the players that they have. And with Nolan Jones, who we mentioned before, mm-hmm. they have someone really exciting with that. Cause the, as much as we worry and focus on the off or the pitching for this uh, Rockies team, which is a massive problem. The Rockies have not been this offensive team that lives up to their, the, their reputation. So uh, I, I think this team will, will, will do a lot of low level. They just, uh, they traded for Cal Quantrill from uh, the guardians. So they'll, okay. they'll fill their rotation with, you know, with some names that aren't going to blow you away. But if the Rockies can staff their rotation with guys that can go six innings and keep the ball game and keep it to three runs, 
that's going to be fine for the Rockies this year because I'm hoping this offense is going to take steps forward to compete in those games instead of looking lost by the seventh inning when the bullpens come in and everybody just gets sat down on strikeouts. So it's going to be not a flashy offseason for the Rockies, but one where I hope this team shows some some growth. And and my biggest question marks still remain with the organization itself and their ability sure. to do it because Rockies pitchers and ones that we've had haven't stayed healthy and have regressed Rockies offense under a new hitting coach, you know, his first year under new hitting coach, hopefully it's something new and a lot of young guys in the second half of the season because the Rockies really had a tale of two seasons with the first half being dominated by a lot of veterans, Randall Gritchick, CJ Crone, uh, uh, Mike Moustakis, all Rockies players in the first half of the season. But once they traded him away and went to the younger guys, uh, you know, you still, you saw a ton of striking out. That's that we were just talking about strikeouts. It's not just one player that has the strikeout problem. It's the entire organization. So uh, I think you'll see moderate improvement, but uh, this Rockies team is going to be facing a really interesting situation when it comes to trading Brendan Rodgers, especially because their top prospects, a second baseman who's going to be arguably MLB ready. And somebody wants Brendan Rodgers. I got, Seattle would love Brendan hey. Rodgers. You know, they're, they're, Brendan Rodgers is, I think, incredible. And unfortunately, just the timeline hasn't worked out for him right now with, and the Rockies are going to be facing a situation where he's in arbitration. You don't know what you're going to do with the deal. Why not? Can you, if, if, if a team's going to send you an MLB pitcher at the deadline that you're, that you're feeling good about might be something you have to do. And then of course there's, there's still the Ryan McMahon conundrum of, will he break out on offense? We, we know he's a, an elite defender, but can he be the offensive player that the Rockies are hoping for? We'll see. I mean that, and and that's just kind of the biggest. That's the biggest thing with the Rockies is we'll just have to see what happens. Team's still only going to be in the sixty wins though next year. And uh, Bub Black, he's he's still coming back. He's still they signed him to an extension. He's got one more oh. year, but oh, man, it's it's just a matter. That's a lot of people ask that question, and and it's just a, a kind of a, a a matter of like. Is the is the manager change really going to be the thing that changes the Rockies? But if next year is just more of the, the same, then it, it, they need to change it up. Absolutely. It's only because every time I look at his managerial record, two years, he's gone two of his 16 years, 90 plus wins. He's only been to the playoffs twice in his 16 years as a manager. I'm just surprised he keeps getting jobs despite having literally no success on his resume. I just don't know. Yeah. Why. I, I just think the Rockies like that they got a guy that they can call buddy. Like <laughs> I, I legit like think that that's a huge part of it, but uh, Miller, that's going to do it for, for yeah. today. Where, where can folks go and, and check out all your work and stay up to date with the, with a pretty big off season for the D backs. Yep. At career Thomas 24 for the personal account on Twitter or look up locked on dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And please hit subscribe to locked on dimebacks on YouTube. Hit subscribe to locked on Rockies on YouTube. And we're of course, wherever you stream your podcast. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, this is Paul Holden and Miller Thomas saying so long from the Locked On Podcast Network.